Welcome to Dig In, the podcast brought to you by Dig Insights. Every week, we interview founders, marketers, and researchers from innovative brands to learn how they're approaching their role and their category in a clever way. Hi, welcome back to Dig In. Uh, I'm Ian Ash, and today I'm very excited to be talking to a really good old friend of mine. Well, a really good friend who I've known for a long time, Sylvie Pelletier. We met way back at uh, CIBC. I don't even know how many years ago that was, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe, maybe as much as that. Although you've held up against time much better than I have, Sylvie. Nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you too, Ian. And I remember back at, uh, at CIBC, uh, you know, you had a very senior role in brand management and you'd always been a branding expert. Um, but you'd also, you know, even then you, you were definitely a strong leader and you've always worked in leadership. And now uh, for the last little while, you've been a leadership development consultant and coach. Um, yes, I have. Very exciting. So maybe you could give us, before we get into what you're currently doing, give, give a little bit of history on uh, the types of uh, teams that you led, uh, particularly in marketing at companies like CIBC and uh, Food Banks Canada. All right, so my background includes working in, in all kinds of organizations, large, medium, small. I started off in an advertising agency in Quebec. That's, that's where I was born. And then I went on to work in, in a number of different financial institutions and not-for-profits. So I've worked at the departmental level, the enterprise. Um, I was VP marketing, chief marketing officer. So I've developed brand strategies and, and campaigns throughout my career, but I also spent a lot of time coaching and developing teams, and I got a lot of uh, energy from that work, you know, where, where you empower people and organizations to unlock their potential, and so I shifted my focus to leadership development, consulting, and coaching. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Maintaining a brand, understanding what the North Star of your organ, your company or brand is, strategy plays a strong role in that. Um, and, and obviously, you've now progressed into leadership development, consulting, and, and coaching. Strategy has to be very involved with that. Um, can, can you talk at all about how you progressed in terms of your role and focusing on you know, strategy? Uh, as opposed to sort of just broader branding and marketing? Absolutely. You talk about that that North Star and, and, and the strategy in an organization plays a key role. But what I noticed um, was a problem with a lot of companies. So they invest time in coming up with a vision, a strategic plan. They launch it. Internally, that might look like um, a, a memo from the CEO, maybe there's a two-minute corporate video, perhaps a launch event, and that's often it. And in my experience, it doesn't go far enough. The biggest gap that I've noticed is for an organization to make their strategy come to life through the people in the organization. And so what I've, I've experienced is that it's not that people don't want to, they just don't know how. And so internal strategic alignment becomes key. And this is not a new challenge, but when employees have the knowledge and the ability to make the change, that's when organizations get to the, to the next level. And so communication is key. 
but leadership coaching uh, or leadership um, development and coaching can help accelerate that process. And I saw an opportunity to help with that acceleration. Yeah, I, I like what you were just saying there. I think, you know, I've worked at a lot of large organizations and with a lot of larger, larger organizations and so have you. And uh, often they'll kind of do that vision, mission, um, and then their whatever their, you know, their core um, values are. And that'll often kind of become something that gets hung on a wall, but they don't necessarily live it. And, and to me, you know, it's often more important that you live the values in, in, a, in, a, in an authentic way, perhaps, than even the specific words around what your your values are. So I know, for instance, at, at DIG, we have we have the five E's, which I'll hopefully actually remember. That would be embarrassing <laughs> if I couldn't, but uh, energy, empathy, evolution, equality, and excellence. And actually we just we just added empathy. Um, how have you seen companies really incorporate their values into both their strategic mission, but also the way that they're operating day to day? So the way that companies do that, the companies that do this well, um, will, will follow a change management process that, that is more robust. Um, and, and one of the change management processes that, that I really like is ADCAR. And ADCAR um, stands for uh, aware, desire, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. And that is especially important when you're looking at behavioral change, right? So um, aware is people know what is changing, desire is about knowing why, and that's where you get buy-in from the organization. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is when people know uh, what they need to do differently in their day-to-day -day and how. Um, ability is about practicing and identifying barriers and support needed. And reinforcement is about getting feedback to course correct. So you can see that it's a very involved process, but that is really what is needed to get people to change their behaviors. Communication is a starting point for sure. It's key. Uh, and many organizations don't go far enough with that. But the additional layers is um, uh, in, including that, that leadership coaching. Uh, that's because employees get trained and get coached on what they specifically need. So these are tools that you work with and, um, and steps that you work with with your clients in, in both your coaching and the consulting to make sure that both they, but also the organizations below them understand what the strategy is, understand what the values are, and they're all aligned and they know what they're working towards. Is that Absolutely. Now, the fact is, is this kind of work, you know, helping um, people on teams absorb all of this information could be done by a manager, but that's assuming that they have the time and they have the ability. And very often they have neither. Or if they have the ability, they don't have the time. And so that's where an external coach can uh, Come and, and I really like the word accelerate uh, because that's often what's happening. It's competing priorities internally, 
but an external coach can help and accelerate that. And in fact, I saw a stat that said that now 44% of high-performing organizations are actively budgeting for coaching in, in, their, um, in their finances. Yeah, I mean, this is core to, to culture, right? And, and, and I think what the challenge is, is particularly when you have um, you know, multiple generations working in a workplace right now. And I don't want to generalize per se, but I think that what I've noticed, and this is actually, I'm going to say a positive thing about millennials, they get attacked all the time. And I'm going to say a very positive thing is that they do look for meaning in their work and that they generally, what I find is that they do align with things like values and they care about values. Um, my, you know, again, completely anecdotal, which I shouldn't do as a researcher, but I'm going to anyways. I find that a lot of people though, who've been around for say 20, 30 roles, particularly in large companies, they're kind of just there to do a job is their attitude, right? Like you'll talk about culture, you'll talk about values and they kind of roll their eyes and then they're like, it's just a job. How do you, how do you deal with that kind of workforce or at least those types of employees? Yeah. And I think what you're asking about is, is, they're really just there for the paycheck, right? Yeah. It's, it's what they need to, 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 to pay the bills and they're not getting anything out of it. I'm not sure that they're just there, that they're there just for that. They just haven't found the other connection. And mm -hmm. so for me, what that means when you have employees like that is that they're not engaged in their work and they're not connected to the organization. So in that scenario, no one wins. So the employee gets the income that they need, but they're not inspired. Satisfaction is probably very low. And if an organization really wants to reach the next level, having engaged employees who feel a strong connection is really a key criteria. And uh, when you talk to people who um, really enjoy their work uh, and you ask them what gets them out of bed in, in the morning, it's that connection that they have. So connecting their work to something that is meaningful to them. And that's where coaching can help, where you can help someone look at their work through a different lens so that they can uh, start to make those connections to their own personal values and their strengths. Right. So it sounds a little bit like, you know, similar to the ethos of like Simon Sinek's start with the why. Ultimately, people connect with a deeper reason for work. And that's when they start to get, um, you know, to really identify with it and feel that it's doing something for them beyond just the paycheck, right? Absolutely. And, and the why, you know, an organization needs the why. And for employees, maybe that organizational why is gonna be good enough for them. But for others, they're gonna to need to work a little harder to make that connection. But there are ways that you can do that. Excellent. So I think enlightened leaders certainly would hear what you're saying and they'd be nodding along and they'd be saying, this sounds great. This is exactly what my company needs. I need to get everyone behind my strategy, behind the company mission. I need them to align with the values. I need them to feel engaged. Um, but can you give me some practical examples of like specifically how you action this for your clients, the types of things that you do? Yeah, sure. So, so the type of work that I do really depends on the needs of the organization, but with some organizations, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So they identify 
team members that they would like uh, for me to coach one-on-one. -on -one. And examples of the types of things we'd be coaching on is uh, to grow individuals against core strategic competencies like leadership. You, you talked about your five E's. So I have organizations that tell me, you know, we really want to see our employees grow in these areas. And it might differ, you know, which E you pick might differ depending or it might uh, be different depending on which, which employee is being coached. Or, um, you know, I, I coach some employees to take ownership of their career at, at the, the request of, of the organization or simply to engage employees, helping them find that meaning in their work so that they can get energized by going into work every day. Um, I also do team workshops. Um, a good example of that would be, um, you know, either there's an acquisition or a new strategic uh, vision, and it's looking at what does that vision or strategic plan mean for specific departments. So we might look at brainstorming uh, what needs to be done differently at the day-to-day uh, level and how to do that, or we might look at uncovering uh, obstacles, what's getting in the way and what resources might that department need in order to overcome those obstacles. Fantastic, thank you. Yeah, that really breaks it down. So it sounds like a, a lot of one-on-one, -on -one, um, hands-on workshops, sessions, coaching, uh, and, and moving the, the company forward, and then identifying things like obstacles to make sure that you move it forward. Exactly. Uh, that, that's perfect, thank you. So, um, you know, st stepping back a little bit saying, Great. So, um, you know, obviously everybody wants to be, you know, a great leader. Anybody who's leading a team wants, wants to be that. We don't all think we are, but we all want to be. Um, the question there is what, what makes a great leader? Like, even if I know that I want to be one, how do I define it? So it, in your mind, um, what's the difference between a great leader and, you know, just a good leader? Well, it's interesting because when, when you, when you Google, uh, you know, top skills for leaders, you'll get laundry lists of stuff that a leader needs uh, to be or, or to do. Um, but in my mind, I, I really see three key areas. And the first one is self-awareness. A great leader is going to understand what's getting in the way. And that includes themselves. Right. And they have to be willing to work on improving that. So self-development becomes key. They often know what needs to be worked on. They just sometimes don't know how to go about it, especially when you're looking at changing ingrained behaviors. So it takes practice over time uh, to develop new habits. And that's where coaching can be a really good resource. So self-awareness would be the number one area. The second one would be team development because a leader alone is not, you know, is, is going to accomplish certain things. But if you can inspire and empower the team around you, you're going to be able to accomplish a lot more. And in essence, what you're doing is you're developing people to become thinkers and contribute to the business. Um, the third area I would say is around having a strategic mindset. So a great leader uses the strategy as a filter for everything that the organization does. And they're able to help their employees, their team members make the connection between the 30,000 foot strategy 
but what does it mean for someone in operations in their day-to-day -day work? So it's being able to help them make those connections. And that's really where, when you'll be able to have your strategy come to life, when it permeates all of the organization. Right. I'm going to hit you with something completely out of left field here, Sylvie, because right, I, think I really liked, I liked what you were talking about in that last, you know, when you were talking about strategic mindset, you're talking about filtering everything um, through strategy. I think it is important to always keep, again, that North Star vision, but, um, you know, traditional, tra you know, that old saying, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast, that, that, uh, and, and so, so many companies, um, you know, even companies that have fantastic strategies often fall victim to, you know, toxic cultures. And I think that's really been highlighted recently. Like, I think just today there was a story about uh, Elon Musk is getting sued by somebody for creating a, a toxic culture. Uh, so two, two questions there. I, this is, this is always been, an interesting question for me. And I, you know, in those cases where I get to talk to culture experts and strategy experts like yourself, I like to sort of get their take on what is that, what does culture mean? And I, I'm going to, first, before I hear your response, I'm going to give you the favorite answer I've heard so far. So, so far, my favorite answer was from a, a guy named Hilton Barber. I think he gave me a fantastic answer. He said, um, culture is the worst behavior that senior management will allow. That's how he defined it. So if, if you let somebody in middle management be a toxic individual to those below it, that's your culture. Uh, you've let it happen. When you think about when you go to these large companies and you're helping them both define and align the strategy, and also you always obviously have to deal with culture. How do you think about making those improvements to the culture? And how do you think about what culture means to that company? Interesting question. And, and what comes to mind immediately when we talk about, um, when you mention Hilton's response, what comes to mind for me is that you can be reactive with culture or you can be proactive about it. And I think if you are reactive, then you will not be in control of what happens in the organization. So it might develop into something negative it might develop into something positive. It will take um, a shape of its, of its own, but it may be something that's over here, whereas you're trying to steer a ship in another direction. And so for me, culture needs to be embedded in strategy. So, or, 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 or it needs to be taken into consideration. So they need to work hand in hand. And, and so how do you help build a culture that aligns with where you're going? How do you, um, how do you find ways? Again, it's about, you want your employees, you want your employees to be inspired and engaged. And those to me are positive terms. How do you get the culture to be aligned to that? And I think you cannot let it happen on its own. You need to work at it. And I think aligning it with your strategy is a way to ensure that you can achieve both reaching your destination and inspiring uh, people along the way. 
Love it. That's, so basically, that's what a long answer, though. <laughs> well, I get it's a tricky question, but I think what I think you've said something very practical there, which is that you need to make culture a conscious part of your strategic direction and part of your strategy. And I think that's that's a really good insight. So yeah. thank you. Don't was, don't be don't be reactive. Don't yeah. let it happen on, on its own. Be mindful about them, about it. Fantastic. Um, so right now, you know, there's, as leaders evolve, they all need different things. Um, you know, they need certain skills or they need new skills. And as culture, overall culture or society evolves, there's, they need different skill sets. I think, you know, what, what might've defined a great, uh, a great leader 10, even 10 years ago is going to be defined differently as what needs to be a great leader today, because there's many more requirements for them to also not just communicate internally, but also represent the brand externally. So what's the most important skill for a leader to have in their toolkit right now, in your opinion? Well, I would say it's the number one that I mentioned earlier on, which is um, self-awareness. To me, it's the foundation for becoming a great leader. And the reason why I say this is that um, very often, um, you may not even be aware of how yourself you're getting in the way of, of, of being a great leader. But when you start to be aware, it's, um, there's this phrase that says, like, once you've seen, you can't unsee. That's what happens, right? So the moment you open yourself up to exploring and being aware of how you might be getting in the way, all of a sudden you're opening up the road to improve and that's gonna take your leadership level to an entirely different level. Great, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna end on a fun question for you, Sylvie. Thanks so much for being part of our podcast today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. What's the, uh, what's the news source, community, podcast? What's one you can't live without? Uh, it's a tough one because I find that the news is so negative and gotten progressively negative and almost sensationalistic and superficial. So for me, I like to go deep. I like to uh, hear different points of view. So for me, podcasts are a good way or even um, talk radio. Um, CBC is local, it's easily accessible uh, and I get to hear different point of views. And for me, it's important to hear those different perspectives. So that would be my answer. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sylvie. I know you're really busy these days with lots of clients. Uh, I know your business has been a great success, but I'm sure you've struck a chord with a few listeners. So if they wanted to find you, reach out to you and see if you're available to help them. What's the best way for them to find you? They can definitely find me on LinkedIn, uh, Sylvie Peltier, and, uh, and email me as well. That would be great. Perfect. We'll make sure that we put the email address and also link to your LinkedIn account uh, in the comments. And uh, thanks again so much for your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ian. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in this week. Find us on LinkedIn at Dig Insights. And don't forget to hit subscribe for a weekly dose of fresh content.